0: Barry Lewis's Stonkin Foodcast? Oh, proper lasher this, man.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to episode two of the Stonkin Foodcast, uh, with myself and Mr. Alec Ploughman.
0: Hello, it's very exciting to be back in the world of foody goodness with my good friend Mr. Barry Lewis. How are you doing, Alec? You had a good week? Yeah, I've had a good week. Uh well, I say I had a good week. Kids have been off sick for a few days, so it's been vomit fueled. Oh but that that notwithstanding, it's been all right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's that time of year, isn't it, where loads of bugs are going around and um, you know. Everyone's catching everything and sharing it in the world. of you know, That true spirit of sharing is caring. That is here. Yeah, Chris, the the
0: Christmas spirit. Nothing nothing says impending holiday season like uh, gastroenteritis. <laughs>
1: Like Mrs. Barry works at a school and she comes home pretty much carrying she's basically you need know, get people that don't get ill but she carries them. Yeah. She, like she's she's a germ carrier. She's like picking up because she's seeing so many kids at the moment. Like she'll come home and just like come on kind of like a a tapas of germs, you know? Which do you want? Let's spread it around. Let's give one to the dog. You know even the dog's got a cold at the moment, Boston. He's like sneezing a lot. I don't know. Then if you can get flu tablets for dogs, but
0: a tapas of germs is exactly. one of the most wonderfully bonkers descriptions of uh, gastroenteritis uh, and its carriers that I've ever heard. But yeah. uh, I'm glad that you shared that
1: poetic, poetic insight with us today. It's quite niche for Spanish people, I think, possibly, you know, it's a, it's a tap at it's a spread. It's, you know, it's a gather around the table, you know, just stick all the germs in the middle, help yourself. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> what lovely. a way to start. Ah. Oh. So have you, um got up to any sort of foodie adventures this week? Um well,
0: just the usual stuff really. Uh you know, been lots of been lots of cooking in the Plowman household uh, as there always is. Yeah. Um had a stonkin Sunday roast. Oh, um what what, mi- was nice. what meat did you go for? So I went for went for pork in the end. Nice. Um, nice nice. With um I messed up the crackling which I'm annoyed about. I didn't I didn't score it enough. So we had we had some soggy crackling in the middle. It was fine on the edges, but yeah, they, yeah. I didn't take enough didn't take enough time rubbing the salt in which was a mistake. But um we did it with um rather than the usual route we went for a bit more of a Mediterranean vibe. Oh um, nice with the seasoning and stuff and didn't do a didn't do a traditional gravy, just went with the meat juices. I was fine with pork that it's such a it's such a fatty meat that you almost don't need to bother with a gravy. You can just ladle those juices on over your veggies and it's it's all good. Did yeah. it all in one tray as well, so just let it soak into oh, everything.
1: Yeah, that simplicity. I just love the applesauce. And I although you just to touch on the word scoring pork. I can't think of strictly come dancing with you actually literally having score cards at the end of Hmm, I'm gonna give this pork seven out of ten.
0: <laughs> well this is this is what my, my family does whenever I whenever I cook. they I would say they're cruel but fair.
1: So. Oh really? Do they actually score it or are they just like literally No, they don't, don't score my, my
0: yeah my kids are my kids are five. I think I can't imagine. I'm <laughs> sure as I get I'm sure as I get older they, they will do.
1: But that's that brutal honesty of a five year old. They would literally score it and be like, yeah two. Because I'm, you know, I don't, I have no, you know, I remember obviously of Chloe's just slightly older than that now. And that just, that's, there's a brutal in, innocence and honesty. Like Phoebe being a little bit older now for me, she's just like a little bit like, okay, yeah, could try harder, uh, that sort of thing, but. <laughs> 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 well, no, I love a pork roast. That's probably my favourite, actually, or beef. I don't. Know, I just. Like, I like the sauces almost as much as the meats, I like the horse. I think what you're doing here
0: is the classic thing where you've gone. Oh, my favourite roast is definitely pork or beef or chicken or duck or turkey or lamb, mm. which is what I always end up doing. I'm I'm entirely indecisive as to what my favourite roast is. Yeah.
1: I think that's the great thing about a roast dinner in the UK is that obviously um, I, went, I went over to Thanksgiving last year in America and um, it for, to me it was kind of like a pimped up roast dinner on, in, uh, with, mm. the, with the turkey and you know some of the sides were incredible really fun but I was like wow you, uh, you guys don't really tend to do this every Sunday like that's you know turkey may you know obviously Christmas dinner uh, but obviously you're not getting the chicken the the beef the pork you know rotating that and even like the veggie options as well this can be really fun and I kind of like that British thing of like. Sunday, very traditional thing. I I do like that and I was trying to explain that to my American friend. I was like, yeah, this is kind of like a roast dinner. A roast dinner turned up to 11, spinal tap reference maybe. Uh, But yeah, and in the UK, like we would kind of have this nearly every Sunday if if you stuck to traditions and I kind of was like I want you guys to experience that so my American friend might be coming over here uh, so I can unload a load of roasts on him like literally fire roast dinners out of a gun at him always a good plan the getting out the
0: traditional the traditional Lewis family roast cannon yeah uh, is a a traditional way for for uh, an overseas guest to experience
1: yeah like a t-shirt gun you know when you go to a gig and they're firing out t-shirts you're just literally firing out roast dinners (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's dang- dangerous, but delicious. Oh, wow. That's a bad name. So I
0: got a I got a question for you. Okay. We're talking, we're talking here about delicious delicious roast dinners. Um, what is the most delicious thing that you have eaten this week, Mr. Lewis? And what is the least delicious thing that you have eaten this week?
1: Quite, I mean, bear in mind, yeah, this might go out a couple of weeks after i've done this event i've had quite an interesting week i've been to london twice so i live about two and a half hours away from london on the west of england and um it's quite a quite a nice exciting journey when you uh go there so i went to two events this week i went to the atp tours tennis masters final oh wow which is in the yeah which is in the um old millennium dome which is now the o2 i guess Yep. um which you can actually walk outside there's they've got a ladder on it now where you can pay to actually walk out the side of it but it was way too cold to do that. Um, and I also went to Twickenham for the rugby for uh, a match between the Barbarians and Fiji, where I saw a follower uh, who, well, I came up to me and took a picture of me. He was very, very nice as well, which is always very surprising. But uh, I think by going to London, you always open your eyes to, and also travelling, you you open your eyes to good and bad foods and Going back to the rugby, I went to Twickenham and I was kind of thinking, yep, yeah, we're going to go there. We're going to have like, you know, just grab something from a burger van. And when we go to London now, we tend to hire out a driveway. This is websites where instead of parking in London with a congestion charge, I get quite worried yeah, about yeah. that. But anyhow, when we parked up, we were like, you know, let's go have a little wander. We've got a couple of hours rather than go to the ground. And we stumbled upon this, like, well, it was really weird. There was a real proper greasy spoon cafe. And we we're like, oh gosh, okay. Well, you know, we're on a day out. You know, if we've got, we just want to have some sort of late brunch. Let's, let's just get something there. And then we look around the corner and just. There was a little row of coffee shops and this it was like a kind of Italian-owned theme one, although the lady that served us was Australian, but the waiter was definitely Italian. Okay. And it was like really rustic laid out. The toilet, I took a picture on my Twitter actually, it had handles all over it. It was really weird. <laughs> like I've never seen a door okay. like it. So you know like a door handle. They just got like a selection of every door handle you can think of and just stuck it on we weren't actually sure how to open it but i went there and had this really really nice bruschetta with uh, parma ham okay it was just phenomenal and i was just so hungry i didn't really study it that much to really analyze how he made it but it was just like the re- really nice fresh quality bread the tomatoes were gorgeous and the parma ham was just yeah i mean it was london so it was like seven quid yeah um so i mean i think probably in my hometown that'd be like two pounds <laughs> i mean i think when the quality
0: is that good you don't mind paying a bit over the odds for it i yeah. think if it's that if it's that enjoyable then it's um it's worth it's worth that bit extra isn't
1: yeah, it? yeah i get that quite excited about going to london because you remember when we were near the youtube space at king's cross and you know, there was that little food market store and they had all those donuts yeah. and things like that and and there was this thing called the deli that did this like incredible like pastrami sandwich and just ah oh, unbelievable just, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that cool thing. I mean, the closest thing to me is probably Bristol as a city. And I was there the other day and they've got, there's a real sort of foodie buzz around there. Loads of different cultures and, and, and nationalities are opening their own restaurants and, you know, little pop-ups. I think that's that great thing about like the, the street food thing, which is in such boom at the moment, that, that grab and go stuff. Uh, Bristol is really good for that. But London, you think you're there, you're like, yeah, okay. I'm so glad we didn't hit that greasy spoon. And this bruschetta, I was like, yeah, do you know what? I, it, you eat know, you it and I'm like, that was worth it. Yeah, you know, it's not like yeah, okay. Well, we at least we got fed. It was like okay, I would probably happily pay for that again because it was worth the quality. Yeah, probably the worst thing I actually on the uh, on the way back from London with Mrs. B. Um, no, actually, this was because I went to the tennis as well. Yeah, this was on the way back from that we pulled in at the services because it's really late getting out and i think it was like half 11 at night and i think sometimes the services actually inside the motorway services they shut serving some of the food yeah so we're like right we better just get you know just pull in and get anything and it was either kfc so kentucky fried chicken which i was the designated driver and i don't know if it's just me i cannot eat kfc without getting extremely greasy hands and no matter what I use if I've got some wet wipes in the car, if I use the the lemon scented thing they give you, I will still be like greasy hands and sliding all over the steering wheel. So I opted for a Burger King and I just went for um well no, I think it was pretty good. It's supposed to be called like a double bacon burger king or something. Yeah. And um that and I bought one for my friend Zach who came with me and that came to sixteen pounds. Ooh, okay. And it was insane. And I obviously, you know, it's fast food, it was just an emergency fix kind of thing open the wrapper and it was like that very stereotypical thing where you, you know you see the whole burger looking glorious and pimped up and all that and then you open it and it's like that it was it literally had like two pieces of lettuce in it it was the most yeah. shrivelled up last burger of the night job thing that they cooked and i just looked at my friends who ordered the same i'm like yeah and it's like 16 quid you know a bit of a sprite and some and that was a small one like small fries yeah it didn't hit the spot but it just plugged the gap of like you know we had that little hunger bug but yeah unbelievable that's painful and they do they hike the prices up at the service stations yes they they? do it's a
0: captive captive audience it's the same as at the airports or whatever um yeah oh there's see i i'm i'm quite partial to a bit of burger king every now and again but there is something yeah but you have to i think as you said by the time it's you know one o'clock in the morning and it's the last burger in the shop thing that's never going to be a good experience and like your fast food burgers also live and die by how well they've actually put all the stuff together. Yeah. You know, as you said, if you've only got two bits of lettuce, then you you feel like you've been cheated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually know uh, the McDonald's photographer who does all of their photography for their posters, in-store, brochures, and he uses a very expensive camera and an extremely skilled team of home economists to make... uh the burgers look appetizing. Um, but I've, been, I've actually been there and watched him do it. And to be fair, that burger, I think is a McDonald's burger, but it's yeah. definitely been cared for. Certainly not in the rushed service station last burger of the night job like what well, I had <laughs> but he could be a really interesting chap to actually get um, do a little chat interview for for the podcast actually I could like send him over some questions from my listeners actually just sort of saying you know because I did a video of like you know how you put cotton wool in a microwave with a bit of water put it behind some soup like he's got like so many hacks like that that he uses to make food look insane like for my cookbook one of them we did this uh, dish this rocky road they're just cubes in an ice cube chase I think it's called Ice Cube chase Rocky Road but he got me holding like a couple of the skewers uh, like bamboo skewers with the rocky road s- squares on and he was like just wobble it up and down in front of the camera for me i'm like okay and he managed to make it um he got a massive pile of icing sugar and dropped all of the cubes from a height so it looked like a volcanic explosion of icing sugar and then he photoshopped in me my hands with the bamboo skewers um but obviously removed my hands and the skewers so it just looked like more and more of these um rocky road cubes were falling at different paces with the blurriness It was really clever and it's like i think there's a real art to to food photography i yeah. think it would be great as you said to
0: get to get some uh listeners questions for for the people who do that professionally because it's a real skill and it's fascinating some of the techniques that they use for it mm.
1: well, What the worst thing you've had then
0: uh so at the time we're recording this we're towards the uh we're getting now towards the third week of November. Uh, so all of the supermarkets have their Christmas sandwiches out. So I have been sampling some of the Christmas sandwiches. Now, I can't eat gluten and I can't eat dairy. I'm intolerant to both of those things, which means that I'm actually limited to a single kind of Christmas sandwich. The only kind of Christmas sandwich that I can eat is the gluten-free turkey and stuffing Christmas sandwich which seems to be the Christmas sandwich that all of the shops do right so as a result i have been sampling uh, christmas i'm going through all the supermarkets at the moment sampling that particular sandwich to see who does it best nice nice and i will say so far i've tried 3 i've tried m&s i've tried the co-op and i have tried tesco Mm. and marks and spencer as you would expect is way out in front their gluten free christmas sandwich is excellent really uh, the co-op do a reasonable job and the one i had at tesco the other day was really poor oh no much to my disappointment it was just the stingiest that they could be on the filling yeah yeah basically nothing in it and the bread was really dry and turkey's dry anyway yeah, and there it wasn't really enough crap yeah there wasn't enough cranberry sauce which you really need to compensate for that um and they didn't put any like bacon or sausage in it or anything else oh. um so yeah so it was just a really um I, I bought it straight after the gym as well so i was really hungry and then i took a bite into this incredibly disappointing sandwich and just that instant feeling of bias remorse was like oh <laughs> it's just dry
1: then just just like yeah. just nothing there yeah I, I mean, I hate that when you go to these shops like that and you buy a prepackaged sandwich. You're kind of like, well, you know you're not really going to... I mean, there are some horrendous ones. I think Poundland actually do some themselves in
0: Poundland have a Christmas sandwich
1: this they? year. They have a
0: full, like, turkey and trimmings Christmas sandwich that I'm really keen... I was going to ask you to go and buy that and eat it so that yeah. I can get your verdict on it for the next episode. Because okay. it is a pound and yeah. I don't know... Like a one-pound Christmas sandwich <laughs> sounds <laughs> like it's gonna be terrible. It's got
1: tinsel in it or baubles ball or so, just to pad it out <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, what would oh, you want me wow. to buy some and like eat them live, like whilst we're recording? No, I want podcast, you to or?
0: eat. It, I want I want you to eat it beforehand and then give us your re- give us your reaction to it.
1: What I might try and do then is like when we record the next pod, I might like maybe eat it just an hour before and make notes so it's still there and visually, yeah, so it's in front of me so I can maybe describe it. Like what I'm seeing, um, because I think that is that, that that disappointment. I'm not expecting much from. Uh, I'm not even expecting bread actually from a Poundland sandwich. <laughs>
0: I think you'll get at least bread. You might just get bread. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. might get you might get bread and the, the hint of what was once turkey.
1: I mean there is that disappointment isn't it? When you open it up little of these sandwiches and you know you can see like sometimes of, you see like a BLT one or a chicken and stuff, and you think, Oh, it's gonna be loaded. Like a BLT one in particular, you might just get one little strip of pe- pre cooked bacon and it's all tomato. <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. I will
0: say MS doesn't disappoint in that regard. You'll pay for it, but it's but you get a good sandwich. So Right,
1: right. I've got to keep an eye out for some of the crazy um, Christmas foods that are coming out, actually, because there's normally some pretty interesting stuff in the supermarkets and things. The best
0: one I saw last year
1: was, I can't remember, I think, was it Iceland had Christmas
0: tree flavour crisps? So, pine (laughs) flavoured. What a weird concept. Yeah, absolutely. Weird. Because people turn around and go, oh, you know the thing that I love about Christmas is the taste of the Christmas tree.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really want to taste it, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, uh, you can tell it's an artificial tree this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean that's it sells though, doesn't it? I think it's a talking point and they just they sort of do it and um it's yeah, it's just an interesting thing to see what they come up with next, but yeah, I think I quite like the idea of that. I'll um I'll, I'll sandwich up maybe I'll strap up like a bu- bullet belt of sandwiches and uh and maybe have a bite from each one and uh yeah, let you know my thoughts on the next one. That'd be good. So uh,
0: before we recorded this episode, Mr. Lewis, you put out a uh, a call on Facebook to your uh, to your followers um, asking them about their cooking nightmares. So do you want to tell us a bit about what that is and what that means?
1: Yeah, I mean, we sort of came up with the term cooking nightmares and it was kind of like that thing of it didn't actually necessarily have to always be like cooking in terms of like something, an accident has happened uh, in in your presence. So, you know, If you've been cooking, for example, for me, I had a massive cooking nightmare the, the night uh, Phoebe was born, I went home, a little bit tipsy, tried to make a pizza, took it out of my bare hands. Yeah, pizza, cheese went everywhere, burnt myself, fell asleep on the toilet, all stuff like that. Uh, but you know, it's just funny
0: cooking I feel like, I feel like the falling asleep on the toilet is not so much related to that <laughs> no, as I mean, yeah. the alcohol consumption.
1: Yeah, but. that was a little bit like that. I was, like, I was so hungry. I just put this pizza in my bare hands and took it out with my bare hands, which obviously is not very sensible. And it, that molten cheese was so hot. Uh, it just clings to you. It's just, Yes, it was kind of like, that's why I think what made me think, right, I need to learn to cook soon. Um, but we had, uh, I wanted sort of like the mix of like restaurant ones as well, you know, getting a fly in your soup or whatever, or some, some sort of funny stories. And we got sent an absolute mountain. Um, I don't know whether this should be a regular feature, but a lot of them tended to be ones at people's home when they were cooking, which is really cool. Um, But any going forward, if you've got any restaurant ones as well, um, we we pulled out some of our favourites, didn't we? Yeah, well, we've got, as you said,
0: so many people responded to this, which was awesome. Uh, And I think... um you know, just keep them coming in, guys, whether it's nightmare stories that you've had cooking at home or nightmares that you've experienced in a restaurant or bad experiences with takeaway. Um, but yeah, we got some we got some great ones that have come in before we before we jump into some of our favorites so far. um My question to you is other than the aforementioned pizza
1: disaster, have you got any cooking nightmares that we can kick this off with? God, I think that was one of my favorite ones, actually. Um, I, f- I put salt in cakes by accident instead of sugar. Um, I was doing a video years ago, uh, where I was making ice lollies, made them all real nice, homemade, authentic fruit juice, healthy co- um, cocktails. Well, maybe, uh, ice lollies with, uh, Phoebe back in the day. So I'm trying to film it one handed. She's sat in her high chair because she's so young. I bend down and put it in the freezer. And literally, the whole population of uh, you know the, the the concentrated mix just went all over my floor. So <laughs> I, I lost a video, and I had a very sticky floor. And then Chloe, Phoebe was just laughing. I mean, it's still up on my channel years ago, but that was that was just a bit of a, a video nightmare, actually, which I think is quite relevant to me. How about yourself? I've I've had a
0: few um, over the years, so. Um... I've done things like putting the wrong things in. That seems to be a classic one. So one of the first meals I ever made was I did some lamb chops, roast potatoes, some spinach, and like a a mint gravy. That was Mm. one of the first things I ever made, which was very nice. Well, it would have been. uh, But I didn't realize at the tender age of 16 or whatever that there is a difference between um, mixed herbs and mixed spice, <laughs> so I put mixed spice on my um on my roast potatoes which meant that they sort of ended up tasting like welsh cakes yes. which is not entirely what I was going for.
1: Okay. Um yeah cuz it's sweet, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like a cinnamon nutmeg kind of vibe, was it? <laughs> exactly, which is just, you
0: know, <laughs> the flavors that you expect with with roast lamb. But yeah. um, <laughs> so then uh oh, I've done other stupid stuff. Just uh, when I was a teenager experimenting with ingredients that had no business going together, I can mm. remember I once made a nice creamy leek and potato soup and then said to myself, you know what this needs? Hot chilli powder. Oh, and gosh. And just poured that in and just completely, completely <laughs> ruined that.
1: Um, and then you realise why that yeah that I doesn't am. exist really, yeah. <laughs> the
0: worst the worst one we've ever had was Philippa and I... Um, this was just before the kids were born. We'd bought a, uh, a, like, sl- I'd gotten a slow cooker for Christmas that year. So I was obsessed with slow cooking at this point. And I bought this recipe book that was like, you can slow cook basically everything, mm. which is a lie. Um, and, uh, they had a recipe in there for a mushroom korma in the slow cooker. Okay. Now, um, I, I was somewhat dubious about this, but I was like, well, I guess, um, this could probably work but this was a so an eight hour slow cooker recipe so we put everything together and i could barely see what was going on through the kind of steamed up lid and all the rest of it so it was like okay i kept checking it every few hours and i'm like i'm not sure about this but all right and then we got to the eight hour point and took the lid off and i was like well firstly this is gray which is not the (laughs) color that a a korma should be Uh, um and just the consistency of it was like, um, kind of like a, I guess if you, like a sort of lumpy, flaky, mashed potato-y kind of thing. Oh. And it was just this stodge on the bottom that had gone pure gray. And I'm guessing it was the water being released from the mushrooms or something, but it was just a disaster. And, tasting it i think it's the only time that i've ever made a main meal where i've just had to chuck the entire thing away really i finished it it. so that was proper
1: bad and that was an established recipe then yeah in this
0: rubbish recipe book that i got that had all these things that it told you you could do in a slow cooker
1: that you couldn't oh god (laughs) that's horrendous i love the idea of this whole like mass of like gray mushroom residue at the bottom of just yeah, it makes me feel good about my Burger King now. Actually,
0: it was a nightmare to clean. <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> no. So you've got a list here then of uh, from from Facebook of yeah. So nightmares. these are some
0: of some of the ones that we've looked through that we've we've really enjoyed so far that we've gotten. Mm. Um, you want to kick off with the first one?
1: Yes. So this is from Barbara Sempovich. Uh My mother had spent hours boiling the turkey carcass with the bones and vegetables to make a soup very nice when it was time to make the soup she put her colander in the sink to remove the bones and the bits but forgot the bowl so all the broth that had cooked for hours was down the drain <laughs> <laughs> i love that just straight down the drain gone yeah uh, that just and
0: it does take hours to make a good a good broth as well so yes. that's just i i feel i feel the pain of barbara's mother there because that's uh
1: yeah. I wonder if that's like a Thanksgiving uh, sort of story possibly like that but that's one of those things where you literally have no hope so, you know there's sometimes when you make a mistake you know like I sort of think we talked about the, the hack on the last episode where you put too much salt in and you can use a potato to help counter that you know there's always little teeny things like that obviously not as amount of salt as I use but you know there's there's ways to possibly do that but once the broth is down the drain. You're not really going to get that
0: gone. back. Yeah, he's <laughs> gone. Short of you know, short of getting out the uh, getting out the spanner and actually taking your pipes out, you're not you're not getting that back.
1: And then it's going to have a unique taste then anyway. You have to get the old stock <laughs> cube out yeah. instead then. I think like, yeah yeah yeah. Damn. Do you want to do the next one? Yeah.
0: So here we go. So this is from Gracie, and Gracie says at the ripe age of twelve and not particularly well versed in the kitchen just yet. I decided I wanted to make myself a baked potato.
1: Cool. Twelve. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a good place to start. Baked potato, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I asked my mom how long to stick it in there for, and she told me about six minutes, so I followed her suggestion before stepping into the other room. I came back to find the whole house full of smoke. By some miracle-stroke disaster of nature, the potato had caught on fire. Oh, wow. I can't remember who got a hold of it, but someone grabbed it from the microwave and tossed it outside into the fence line. (laughs) I never could figure out what caused it to catch on fire like that. With as much moisture as a potato has, it should have shriveled, even if it was too much time. The door to my mom's microwave was permanently warped as a result. (laughs) And needless to say, I tend
1: to opt for the oven nowadays. Wow. Because, like, that's a legitimate way of making a a jacket potato in a hurry. To accelerate the... Because that softens it up from the middle. I mean, I love a slow-cooked baked potato. You know, my favourite way is just get a big old potato, wash it, prick it with a fork, but actually cover it in oil salt and pepper, chunky salt and pepper, flake salt, and bake it on the rack for a good hour and a half, something like that, maybe an hour, depending on the heat of the oven, and you get that real nice crisp. But there's a way of, yeah, sticking it in the microwave really quickly just to get that softened bit and then just crisping up the outside. So that must be a freak with a microwave or some sort of water? I
0: don't know. Yeah, that's that's weird, that is. like I don't know if maybe there was some kind of thermonuclear device planted in the potato or something. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um, that's odd and terrifying. But there we go.
1: I mean, if she washed it, maybe it could have been... that. Or if there's a bit of foil in the microwave, get that going. But microwaves are dangerous things. Or if she washed it in kerosene, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just... Oh, this will get it going. Yeah, you want to try this? Oh, wow. Okay, uh, Vanessa Parry. When I got my very first microwave cooker, I decided to make some shortbread in it. What I forgot was that the cooking time in a microwave is a lot less than with an ordinary oven. I set the timer for half an hour and walked into the kitchen (laughs) to find smoke drifting out of the microwave. That shortbread was welded, literally welded, to the glass baking dish. I soaked the thing in water and washed up liquid for two days and could still not separate dish and shortbread. It literally become one. I ended up throwing it away. My microwave had brown stained vents for the rest of its long life. I like the fact that Vanessa kept using it. That's loyal, you know? I
0: like that... um... Vanessa, uh, Vanessa's first experience of
1: using a microwave was such a disaster, as well. That's um, these are microwave cookers. I wonder if these are because in America they have a slightly different ones, don't they? They're like more. Like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if that's, I mean, I think this is still your classic microwave, to be honest, I think because you would not put that in for half an hour. <laughs> like, I've done some microwave meals, you know, there's a really uh, good video i done with like some mugs, so it's just like a free course mug recipe, so like, you okay, yeah, yeah. Like, um, know, like, yeah, you could make dum- dumplings and things like that, but the dumpling, you know, it's just the flour mixed together in the water and it just co- coagulates and cooks and makes like a dumpling in like two minutes. So, like, if putting, putting that in for, like, half an hour, that's, like she said, it's, like, literally welded to the dish. I love that. <laughs> I wonder if she ever got it off. Well, she, she says she threw it away, so I would assume... Oh, uh, that- yeah. I wonder if the guy at the tip or the bin was just like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'm going to... This is a challenge. <laughs> He's been chipping away at it for years now. I don't know if it's just me that... I love a challenge like that. When I burn a pan pretty badly, there's, like, a satisfaction of when you've actually got that off and you're like, yeah. I'm that. glad
0: for you because that's a very positive outlook, but I <laughs> yeah. am the complete opposite. In yeah. the event that that happens, I find it an absolute pain
1: in the bum to have to, to have to take care of that. Uh, yesterday, uh, my friend Jimmy D. James and I, he came over and we made a giant egg McMuffin, sausage and egg McMuffin. Okay, and um, that's a bit of a spoiler, really, but um, we made it in baking tins, fairly big ones. But then I had a, a super-sized baking tin that I used to make the burger because obviously when you cook it, it shrivels up a little bit. Yeah. And when by the time we baked that thing, the pan was just obliterated. But last night, I soaked it, got my brush out, and there was just kind of like this this moment where I just brushed away the grime, and it was revealing its true self again. And I like, that felt good. <laughs> did you um? Did you? Play "True Colors" by Cyndi Lauper
0: while you were doing this. Was that, no, uh, or did you have that on? You oh
1: have. gosh, yes, yeah. I, I, that would have really enhanced the the atmosphere. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> see your true colors shining through, just some wiping away the grime. I, I see a, a washing up liquid marketing campaign with that now.
0: Tear in your eye. As the as it
1: reveals, it. yeah, it's like a little flashback at the start in black and white of like burying a pan in your garden, like no, and then.
0: <laughs> but wait, it's not. It's not like a murder weapon. You
1: don't need to bury it in your garden.
0: It could be just like an old pet. Tip, You're just mate. like,
1: oh, you know, I love that pan. I get quite close to my pans. Gee, like, do you? Yeah, do you, I, yeah. I have, a, I have a preferred utensil and a couple of pans. I'm like, right, well, I forgot to pick out one. I'm I'm going for that one every single time, and it's like, oh no, that one's in the dishwasher i really don't want to have to use this one it just doesn't feel right Eh? see i've spent years because
0: i i started off like everybody does with rubbish pans cheap pans yeah over since i've gotten more into cooking and especially since having had kids i've spent a few years sort of replacing those and building up a a set of pans that i'm really happy with a really reliable and really do what you want them to do and yeah so i yeah i'm very i get being affectionate towards your kitchen utensils
1: yeah and it does make i generally believe it makes cooking easier with the right tools as well like absolutely that, makes yeah. a huge
0: difference if you're going to invest in if you're going to invest in anything think about you know a good set of knives and a good set of pots
1: and pans yeah is really important because a bad pan is bad <laughs> it really can be. That's it's scary because it could really put you off cooking if you cuz when you're first starting out as a student the, the the cheaper pans are significantly cheaper. Yeah. And like just trying to make a stir fry or something just you know frying up mince. Like it's even something as simple as that in in bad pans that can become pretty hard to do and you could be like, well, I can't cook. And if you give them someone like a real decent pan or just a, a fairly okay non-stick one, uh, it's just like completely different.
0: Like, I don't know. The th- the thing I will say, and the thing I discovered, is if you want to get really good prices on good pans, gardening centers, like out-of-town big gardening centers, yeah. tend to have homewares sections. Yeah. And after Christmas, you will find the pans, they have massive sales on them oh really so yeah yeah, so that's that's what i ended up doing which is a weird a weird bit of advice there but in my experience you can get some really good savings on your cookware at out-of-town garden centers if you are in the uk i picked up uh, some new pots and pans and a venus flytrap yeah Yeah, (laughs) what, what do you want Okay, so I've got one here from Michaela, and Michaela says, so important knowledge for this story is that when I was growing up, my dad made instant coffee instead of brewing it from grounds. The, the reason this is important will be very apparent in a minute. Every year during the holidays, my mom would make gingerbread. One year, when I was a teenager, I decided that I would make it. Mm-hmm. The recipe calls for three quarters of a cup of coffee, tea, or milk. My family has always used coffee when making it, so that's just what I did. I made the batter, baked it, took it out, and it tasted awful. So I tried again a second time, still absolutely awful. My mom said, okay, I'm going to watch you and see if we can't figure this out. And it turns out that she was putting in three quarters of a cup of instant coffee granules each time <laughs> rather than three quarters of a cup of coffee.
1: Oh, so the actual, yeah, rather than a brewed coffee, yeah. Like, yeah, it was like 200 mils, three quarters of a cup, I think. Uh, she's literally putting in the gram sort of weight equivalent of undissolved coffee granules. Oh so just gosh. concentrated, concentrated <laughs> coffee, basically. <laughs> That's like coffee gingerbread. That's a coffee bread, but like, I bet that tasted... I don't know. To some like insane coffee addicts, that might have not tasted the worst thing, but then I think that's complete overkill. Yeah. Like I probably would have eaten it in a fix.
0: If, you know, I, I'd you know, only got about four hours sleep or something, but yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah. more like a, sounds more like an endurance thing.
1: I love the way she doubted the steps a little bit for, well, I better make it a second time just in case. <laughs> no, still, yeah, you would think that three quarters of a cup of instant coffee granules would just make it taste good, but that is a, a mountain of coffee. Wow. That's like a, a mini jar probably. <laughs> yeah. God, I mean, we're well, just thinking you put a teaspoon into a cup of coffee. Yeah, you did. Teaspoon wow. of
0: instant coffee. So imagine three quarters of the cup. I don't know how many teaspoons that is, but you've probably got enough for about 20 cups of coffee there.
1: Yeah, I reckon that's a good 150 grams or so, which is, you know, about 10 tablespoons roughly. I'll just off the top of my head. I mean, all I can tell you is that's a lot of coffee and that would have been an insane caffeine high, even if taking a little. I mean, I love like the fact she's tasted it as well, gone for it and be like, you know what? This is awful. We'll make another one. Yeah, that's awful too. But I bet she hasn't slept for a few days.
0: Yeah. I mean, commitment for, yeah. you know, for seeing it out. She worked out what was wrong with it. So, so kudos there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this one from Paul Jacobson. Got home from work one night, made myself a sandwich, made a cup of tea, turned around to grab my sandwich. And there was a flipping, he literally said this, a flipping great slug on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> They've been getting in through the holes in the old door frame. I threw it in the bin and had cereal instead. Blech. I
0: I would have committed to that if I was you, Paul, because there's a lot of protein in there. Have
1: you see? So you ever had a Have you ever had a snail? Uh, yes, I have eaten snails. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I quite. It was not the worst thing I've ever had. Actually, I think if your your mind is set on the texture, you know, it's it's not too bad. We garlic butter on it as well. You know, French style I've eaten snails several times. I like snails. Yeah, yeah. I've only had it once, but I, I would eat it again. That's the sort of thing. It visually didn't put me off, bizarrely. Whereas, frog's legs, I've had them once in uh, up in Chester, actually in the north of England, and uh, they were served. I don't know if this is a traditional way they're served normally, but it's like it was from the just above the waist down. Okay. So that it was literally served like two pairs of legs on mm. uh, mm. on the on the, uh, on the plate, and I'm like, I, I can't do that. I gen- I'm going to have to try and do that again in a video. I mean, this was about ten, twelve years ago, but I think have you ever experienced frog legs i've never had frog's legs
0: i'd like to know why you were eating frog's legs in chester that seems like a really weird mix there it was
1: a it was a world uh, works meal that we went out for went to this really interesting restaurant and i still to this day don't know and i wouldn't mind someone answering this question for me because when i lived up in chester they were like oh yeah we love pigeon and chips up here Hmm. and I, i i she was dead serious and I was like what chicken and chips no 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 it's pigeon and chips and I still don't know if she was winding me up or she was literally you know being legitimate saying yes yes pigeon and chips is is do they eat pigeon I, d- I don't know but we went to this restaurant and frog's leg you know everyone else was having soup it was kind of like a French theme restaurant you know soup and you know some, some garlic bread and I was like yeah I'm gonna try the frog's legs came out and I did not even try them I just looked at them and there was about six pairs of legs on this plate and I just, I just can't do it It just can't, Mm. yeah, that made me feel, I don't know, one of the worst I've ever felt in terms of eating a meat because it made me realise I can actually see what it is, whereas, you know, chicken, Mm. beef, whatever, at least it's a little bit done. Uh, uh, I don't know, not. I like this thing with Paul that um, he's got home, made the sandwich, and in the time that he's made his cup of tea, this superhero slug has leapt (laughs) onto his, uh, you know, onto this sandwich. Like, how fast was this thing?
0: I'm having a it pool. It's mine. It's mine. It's my sandwich now. Yeah. I've touched it. It's mine.
1: I mean I think slugs and snails and all that can be quite fast when they want to be. But that's some serious pace. In this time that he's turned around and made his cup of tea and the, the it's Western on the side. I, I I would love to have been I want to say a fly on the wall but that's another insect. But you know, I just I'd love to have been in that room seeing that. And you'd, just, love, you'd love to be a slug on the bread in that yes, scenario. That's that's yeah, exactly the term. Um I just how that I can't kind of, see how quickly he did that and you know it must have been some nippy slug very hungry or just like landed on its feet mate might put it down right by it he's like oh yeah i'll I'll go on that
0: yeah i'll get a bit of bread okay i'm gonna jump in with one from this is from marianne yeah uh marianne says i can't really call this one a cooking nightmare but it was still kind of icky. I'm going to go so far as to describe this as a nightmare when we get to the end of it, because this is, this is weird. Okay. Uh, so she starts with, I bought a really big hen. We'll sometimes cook them, eat them with curry and rice, nice. and there's plenty of leftovers for nice sandwiches, which is, yep, a great thing to do with a big big roast, roast chicken, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, I bought one once, defrosted it, and came to find when I lifted the thing up that it had big lumps inside it. Oh, God. I was freaking out thinking that this is salmonella or something else very dangerous. Mm. I took it back to the store and took a picture of it and sent it to the company. Turns out after the vet through the company checked out the pictures that someone on the production line had neglected to remove the tubes and the lumps were dead fetuses and not finished eggs. Oh, God. Safe to say I didn't cook hen for a while. Oh wow, uh.
1: that is <laughs> oh, wow. Who is that from? Uh, that's from
0: Marianne. Yeah.
1: Wow, I love that. It's kind of like a mutant hen. Yes, it's like there's, look, That's a, and they've got a company vet as well. I like that. Can you just send me some pictures of lumps, please? Let me do you some diagnosis, like a remote doctor. <laughs> Someone had neglected it. There's there's
0: things like I've so I've um. When we've been in Portugal, we've bought a whole chicken. And what we didn't realise at the time is that when you buy a chicken with giblets, what they give you is a whole chicken in Portugal. So you'll get it with the head still attached and you'll have to take care of that and take out the organs yourself and everything else. I can deal with that... But the particulars of this detail are just, yeah. that feels a bit like something out of David Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, or something.
1: the guy on the production lines last day by the looks of it. Just like, yeah, we'll let some go, and, you know, keep the tubes in, be all right. Oh, geez. That's, I think I'm going to move on because I'm starting to visualize that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Jeff Haynes. My daughter, sounds like a wrestler, Jeff Haynes. Was that Hayes? Jeffrey Hayes, was that wrestler?
0: I thought, I thought for a moment you meant my daughter sounds like a wrestler. And
1: that's <laughs> <So> <laughs> my
0: daughter! <laughs> yeah.
1: Every wrestling like name has come up with it. You've got to go over real generic names now. My daughter. <laughs> my dog. Um, my daughter wanted tacos for dinner, so my wife browned up some burger. We do a lot of shopping at Costco, so we had a large bottle of taco seasoning in the cupboard. She measured a quarter cup and proceeded to make the taco meat up. After building her taco, my daughter took a huge bite, chewed it a couple of times, and spat it out and started screaming. Her mouth was on fire. Turns out the bottle my wife grabbed was not taco seasoning. It was cayenne pepper. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> my daughter okay. has never let me forget it. That is going to have some serious kick, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. She's unloading it as well, like taco seasoning, because you need a bit of heat with taco seasoning. Sometimes you've got to put a fair amount in. I love this one from Charlotte Lee. I have a friend who many years ago tries to woo his lady on a date by cooking fried rice. Once served, she commented how crunchy it was. Turns out he didn't know he needed to boil it first. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, wow. So that's just fried raw rice. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely, Oh. Wow. oh There's just so many good ones here, to be fair.
0: Well, we, um, we got such an amazing response from this, so I yeah, think we're going to be doing... We're going to be doing a few episodes of these because we've had a lot of fun reading them and we've 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 read some of our favorites, but there's so many good ones that yeah. you guys have sent in. So,
1: yeah, maybe a follow up episode or maybe like one or two a week, like this is a little uh, appetizer. Yeah. Trying to keep it foodie here. Let's see. I mean, they keep coming in and that was just on Facebook. Obviously there's Patreon and Twitter and even Instagram and YouTube, of course, that I could ask people. It's yeah, just so funny. and I'd quite like to see some restaurant ones as well. I quite like the idea of like, you know, just seeing what, you know, there's someone here saying they found some fingernail in something. So there's all stuff like that as well. But uh, yeah, there's nothing like a homemade disaster. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, keep them coming
0: <laughs> in, guys, because we have a lot of fun reading these. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, speaking of keeping them coming in, uh, Mr. Lewis, how can, how can people get in touch with you if they have these stories that they want to share? What's the best way to, what's the best way to, uh, to, Tell us what you want to hear on uh, on Barry Lewis's Stonking Foodcast.
1: I think um, Twitter and Facebook particularly is the best place to really to interact with me, uh, at MrBarryLewis for both of those. Uh, but of course, Instagram, I'll get the odd message there. Or if you really want to sort of detail a summary of, i really like you guys to cover something like this, go on to the website, BarryLewis.net use the contact form and just fill it into your heart's content and I'll I'll pick up any feedback for sure uh and I, yeah this is just really fun to see like how much interaction we can get from asking just one simple question I'm quite interested to see once we get up to speed with this like what other things we can go and like really get that interaction involved so we really want to make this podcast as much as about you guys as as us and our stories of uh pork and uh you know, KFC and, Burger King. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Those three things specifically, those are the only things that we're going to
0: talk about. The rest is up to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's it. I mean, uh, if you want to share this podcast as well, it's going to be on all the main podcast provider services, I guess, iTunes and SoundCloud and things like that. So if you know someone that might want to listen to it, uh, do tag them or share it with them. I would really massively appreciate it and give it a like at this early stage because that will help us reach new people. And positive, pov- positive comments and ratings on your
0: podcast provider of choice makes a huge difference to us and our reach. So please, if you can take two minutes to... Uh, you know, to give us a, to give us a like and a thumbs up and a, and a bit of a write up, then that would be a, a huge help to me. Nice. Us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we'll do anything in, in return. We'll read out your funny story. Uh, we won't, we won't do anything. <laughs> no, in no, return. we won't. <laughs> say that's, that, that, that's a, that's a start for a
0: disaster
1: right now. <laughs> do you ever find that? But we
0: within reason. Within reason. We're not going to wash your car or
1: anything. (laughs) Yeah, we'll come around. um, Yeah. Yeah. The stonking car wash service. Oh, yeah, but I'm in in (laughs) France. That's fine. That's fine. We'll come. That's fine. All right. Oh well, I think is that a pod? That is a pod Mr Lewis. Thank you for listening folks. Uh, don't forget if you've missed episode 1, you can probably head back and watch that. No you can't. You can listen to it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean you can watch. You can watch a
1: blank screen if you want. It's your time. You do with it what you like as far as we're concerned. You can concerned. play chess, you could do solitaire at the same time or some podcast providers might actually autoplay the previous episode anyway. But uh, thank you again for listening. Thanks Alec. Much appreciated mate. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. All right. We'll see you soon.
0: is it?